hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran, and I'm the host of this here podcast. I'm so glad you're here at Insurance Town today. And if you're an independent agent who is struggling to get those contracts or struggling to balance multiple care relationships because of high production and volume requirements, Smart Choice is the way to go for you. They operate on a commission split. And that's only on the business you write through carriers you access through them. Uh, They're not going to charge you a fee to get in or any monthly fees. And they really want to help you, the agent, to grow your business and to be profitable and all those wonderful things. They negotiate higher commission percentages, lower production requirements. They're adding new carriers to the platform all the time. They're also looking for tech vendors uh, to help you and to partner with you. They do a fantastic job, and they're such a good partner for me and for my insurance town citizens. If you are interested, go to smartchoiceagents.com and check it out. Tell them the mayor sent you. Man, you'll be glad you did. They're a great company. Uh, Even if you just need to add one carrier or you need to add a whole host of carriers, um, or if you're brand new in the business or you've been around 20 years, smartchoiceagents.com. There you go. Awesome partner for me. Also, I can't wait to talk to you a little bit about my friends over at CoverDesk. Your agency will grow when your team can focus on client relationships instead of back office tasks. Losing Losing hours every week from day-to-day task of running an insurance agency. Though the administrative work is essential, it can prevent you from focusing your sales and your core business. CoverDesk virtual assistants can and will help you with these tasks, saving you significant time. CoverDesk model is a win-win to help you grow your business with our highly skilled team of virtual assistants. You can immediately eliminate the burden of administrative tasks and lower your overhead tasks or costs without sacrificing customer service and support. They have it under control and they know that space so well. CoverDesk does so much training and teaches their virtual assistants our business. And they know the management systems. They know the carrier systems. Uh, they know how to navigate that world very well. Coverdesk.com. Tell Andy that I sent you and you can grab a discount and learn more about them. Today's show. I'm so excited. I got Stacy Brown Randall back. Guys, go back uh, to episode number five if you want to hear her the first time. Or you can check it out right here and then go back to that one later. She does a phenomenal job. We talk about all things referrals today. It's going to be fantastic. She's got a proven method, book, podcast, the whole nine. Um, You can find that book. There's a a promo at the end where you can find out a way to get a free copy of that book on the mayor. So uh, check that out. Sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Stacey Brown Randall. Stacy Brown Randall, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yes. So, okay, you were just saying before, so I got to know, what do you call the voice on Zoom now and your uh, your other lady? The, the GPS. Lady? <laughs> the GPS, yeah, the GPS lady. Yeah. yeah, what do you call her? Uh, yeah, all those voices that you hear, GPS, Zoom, and then the ladies talking to you, they all sound the same, and I call her Rhonda. Rhonda. See, I changed it to a male voice because I got too many women in my life telling me what to do. <laughs> well, so, I mean, let's be honest. We could all use a few more, right? Heath, come on, be honest. Do you need to go back to Rhonda? <laughs> I've got I got two daughters and I got a wife, and I even got, you know, female cats and the whole night. So I got too many <laughs> females in my life. My son and I are surrounded. But uh anyhow, so it's funny. When you said Rhonda, I was like, what? Who's that? <laughs> but anyhow, uh, I'm so glad you're back at Insurance Town. For y'all don't remember or don't know, go back to way back episode five. My girl SBR was number five. So anyway, that was way back in the day. Now we've grown the town. We got stoplights. Uh, do you see the snipers on the building? We, you know, you came in and your uh, uh, police escort. Uh, so everything's cool. Uh, yep, the metal detector. I had an empty on yeah. my pockets. I felt like I was going oh, through TSA. Yeah, I told you about the clear purse. It helps. <laughs> but anyway. So for those that don't remember and that don't want to, they're too lazy to go back 80 episodes, go ahead and let's, let's go back down memory lane and let's talk about your past, who you are, where you came from, 
and why you love referrals so much and talking about them. Yeah, well, the short version so that we can get to all the good stuff. Uh, the short version is I created a process of how to generate referrals completely contrarian to the way that it is typically taught today because I didn't like the way that it was taught. And I was trying to figure out how to generate referrals. You know, those are the, the easiest type of prospects that you want, the best kind of prospects that you want into your business, how to get referred prospects, referred clients into my business. I wanted it the easiest way possible And I didn't want to have to do the old school stuff that people teach you, like ask for them or compensate, or of course, you know, be overly promotional or gimmicky or network to know a ton of people. I just was looking for an easier way, specifically because I had had a failed business. I had started my second and I was like, business failure number two, it's not really something I'm looking forward to. I'd like to avoid that. So I really started creating this process to make my coaching practice successful, my second business. And it was, it was hugely successful. And I got 112 referrals in my first year, none of which I asked for. And at about that point, my client started saying, okay, why don't you teach us what you're doing to grow? And then as I was forced to teach them what I was doing, I realized there's a process, there's a system and there's a rhythm and a cadence to what I do and how I do it and how all the pieces work together behind the scenes that allow me to generate referrals. And they started having success. And so here we are almost a decade later and having hundreds and hundreds of folks have success as they go through and kind of figure out, wait, there is a different way to generate referrals. I can do it without asking and without manipulation and without compensation and be authentic in the process. You got to focus on some different things. There's still work involved. Um, But yeah, so that been doing that. Um, now almost, I guess it's not quite 10 years, but we're getting close. Kind of makes me feel old every time I say that. Girl, we are getting old. Uh, uh, don't say that. Don't say that. You look great though. And so there's no way, even if you are, you know, there's no way that you're older than I am. So um, I, I'm the old guy. I got this gray in the beard. You it's know. all in the lighting. Come on, Heath. You should know that by now. It's all in I the know. lighting. I even got my ring light on with tie lights, you know, <laughs> that, that, but anyhow. So go back. My ring stuff. like removes my wrinkles. So that's my oh, benefit. There you go. Yeah, there, there you go. Because uh, the kids add to them. So we got to have something to take it away. Um, I got it real bad. So you mentioned your specific cadence that you found. And, you know, you were kind of going through after you got 121. Is that what you said? Um, 112. 112. I'm dyslexic. Sorry. 112 um, referrals without asking. You talk about your cadence that you had found. I mentioned to you know, okay. When you start talking about teach other people their cadence, does everybody have their own cadence? Or are you saying your specific cadence will work for everybody? So when I when I talk about cadence, I, I really just mean focusing in on the rhythm of how we connect with the people who send us referrals. And what I have found over doing this for as long as I have, there really is a number and it falls somewhere between four and eight times a year. We want to make sure that we're doing a specific and what I call the correct way to do outreach to our referral sources. Most people in their first to two, first year to second year will find themselves in that six to eight touch point or outreach range. Um, when you've been doing this longer, I've got some students who've been doing this for like, you know, their sixth, seventh, eighth year. They're more in the, I can get away with three, with four or five. Um, so the cadence number changes, but that's really the range. Now, the what you're doing as part of that cadence, that is specific to the person. I mean, obviously, I work with my clients on what that should look like. And I have some parameters and some, you know, when we're bowling together, I put the guardrails up and I'm like, stay in this lane um, in terms of what we want to be doing for our referral sources. Because at the end of the day, it, it comes down to our ability to really impact the relationship that we have with our referral sources. And there's just some right and wrong ways to do that. So Whereas the cadence is kind of all the same for folks for the most part, the what you do is going to be different. And so, okay, you got those guardrails up, and I and I love the the bumpers at the bowling alley. I'm not gonna lie, uh, I can kick my kid's butt every time when I got the rails up. So uh, I'm so glad to have those. But when you got those rails up, what are some of those rails? You know, let's talk, let's start with some of the, the the biggest things you see people doing right, and then go into things that irritate you that they're doing wrong when it comes know, to referrals. Yeah. So here's the, here's the first thing I can't stand the shotgun scattered approach or the, uh, what I call the spray and pray approach. And I see it a lot and I see it in prospecting strategies and marketing strategies. It's like, let's just mail to all these people and see what happens. Right. Or, you know, and then I see it in referrals. I see it when people are like, yeah, I got a strategy. I'm like, cool. Tell me about it. And then it's like, I do this and I do this and I do, and it's just not like, you're just out there doing a whole bunch of things without really focusing on what moves the needle. 
What moves the dial when it comes to actually receiving more referrals? And there is a formula. Like there is, it's like what I tell my clients all the time, like, I don't need you spending thousands and thousands of dollars and nobody needs a gift from you every month. That's weird and stalkerish. And you're definitely trying too hard at that point. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. But what I would, what I, what I do want my folks to kind of pay attention to is the, what it looks like kind of comes together based on a framework. And so when we talk about referrals and I see people are like, yeah, I sent out a newsletter. I'm like, that's marketing. And they're like, well, you know, I call them every 32 days because my database tells me to. And I'm like, that's called prospecting and you're bothering them. And you wondered why they stopped answering the phone because it's the same conversation every 32 days. They know what's coming. Um, And, you know, usually the people who are doing those things are like, yeah, you're right. I kind of stopped calling because it felt awkward, right? I mean, most people recognize what they're doing here, but they have this like spray and pray approach to their referrals where everything is just focused on, you know, I just, I send out this newsletter and I make sure that I do, you know, I have um, the greatest compliment you can give me as a referral and my email signature and I do this and I do that. And they do all these different things thinking that's what's going to bring them referrals without really paying attention to it is, should be easier than that. It should not take you that much time. And you should have a strategy that actually is going to work where we know that we're actually moving the dial in the right direction. And that's what I see people just missing. Yeah. But okay. Let me go back to, okay. The, uh, you know, some people in, in, in my approach or in my, you know, experience in this, some people do like getting gifts more often than not. Some people do like the email every 32 days or some people do like, and I get, you know, universally they may not, but would you say that, you know, in part of your approach is, you know, finding what does work for those certain people, or you still stick to that one, you know, dialed in approach that you like to use where you change it up or you have different things that you do. And I know you're big on the handwritten letters as well, things like that. Yeah. Well, there's definitely some, like, you gotta do these things. But then the rest of it is going to be customized to who your referral sources are. And I think that's what people, what they fail to pay attention to is the who drives the what, the when, and the what we say. Like the who drives everything about this plan that we're ultimately going to build. And so when you have identified in the who, when I'm talking about the who, I'm talking about who's your referral sources. You may have three, you may have 33, you may have somewhere in between or way more than that, but like they're people, right? And so at the end of the day, these are humans that we need to make sure that we are impacting how they feel about us and how I want them to feel about you is I want them to know that you appreciate them and that you don't take their referrals for granted. And so in that case, right, what you do does need to kind of have some variety. So it's not the same thing over and over again, because eventually we stop paying attention to it, right? You know, I'm going to be honest. There are some features of this. Like, I'm just going to use send out card as my example. There's some features of that program that I really like. If you've ever had their brownies, they're really good. Like, yeah, they are. Right. That is not a bad brownie to get in the mail. I am kind of happy when I get one in the mail for my birthday. Um, And then I try to hide it before the kids get to it. But (laughs) There are some features I like about it, but when I, but when a send out card envelope shows up in my mailbox, I already know it before I open the card. Yeah. I already know, right? Because it has a, it has a look and feel to it, whether it's got the send out card branding on it or not, I already know what this is. And what I'm talking about when I tell people to be memorable and meaningful is I'm not saying you can't send the send out card with the brownies one time. But what if you did that for people every single time, right? Like the need for variety is so very important. And the other thing is people connect with you on different levels. You're right. Some people do connect because you sent them a gift and that's, they're really appreciative of that. But other people would rather connect with you one-on-one, but you're doing this throughout a whole year. So we need variety, right? There's the surprise and delight factor. No, I agree. I agree. And I think that's one of the things and you may know of him, but, you know, or may have heard this in the insurance industry, but, you know, one of the things that's big and talked about right now, and I guess we call it, you know, in our industry, you know, that onboarding experience and having those different touch points throughout the year. And some people like my man, Chris Paradiso, and if you heard him or not, he's got like 35 touch points throughout a year, which is great. It works for him. And there's some that have, you know, 12, there's some that have their formula of six touch points throughout the year. But, um, And I think that, you know, kind of leads to that referral without asking, so to speak. But I think it's a little different from what you're saying. Am I right or wrong? No, you're definitely right. Because what you're talking about is onboarding the touch points of your onboarding a new client, right? You got a client that comes in and they've got these strategies. They've got these touch points, these things that they do to create this experience. And that, and you know, I call it a sticky client experience. And it is super important to get repeat clients 
to have people talking about you positively in the marketplace and to get referrals. Like you need to have the, and I don't know, and everybody's onboarding process gets to look a little bit different, right? And some people's can be a really like easy approach and some are super fancy and you get to do what works best for you that delivers the experience you want your clients to have. But that's not the same thing as referrals. You can have an amazing client experience and your people can love you because you have done all these things to make this amazing experience and they still won't refer you. That's because not everybody is built to refer. And then also if you're not using right specific tactics and strategies within that client experience, you're never going to receive referrals from your clients from that client experience. But what we're talking about, in addition to that, is is building out a way to take care of people who refer you, which means they may not be your clients. They may have no idea what it's like to work with you. They know people who who have worked with you and they liked it, but they don't know what it's like. They're not getting the benefit of that client experience. So your referral experience, what you do for your referral sources, the people who refer you, whether they're clients or COIs or anyone else, right? What you do for them in building a referral experience is separate from anything you do building that onboarding plan of how you onboard or do that client experience for your new client when they start working with you. You need both. They're just separate. Yeah. So I also see it in, in, in a lot of agencies and a lot of people that I, that I work with is once you get this referral base built up, whether it's 8, 12, 25, you know, referral partners, you can tend to find yourself spending the majority of your time uh, treating them as your client. You know, that's what you're spending the majority of your time doing and focusing on making them happy, treating them well, delivering whatever that you know, promises to them or whatever that is to them. And yes, of course, you're focusing on your clients, but you're spending a lot of time on those referral partners. And that becomes the focus of your day-to-day activities. Yeah. So, you know, the way I always talk about folks in terms of what I want you to, to know about really having a fully functioning referral strategy in your business, it isn't something you should be focused on daily, weekly, or monthly. If you have the right strategy, does that mean that something won't pop up and you'll want to do something or want to reach out to a referral source because something was triggered in the moment and you want to do that, of course you can. But the idea is behind this referral strategy, if we're building our outreaches, what we call touch points, if we're building our touch points in the right way, right? And this is what I always tell my clients. I'm like, this is the stuff that you're here for, right? This is the stuff that as my client, you're wanting to understand is that what is it that you can do that gets you some memory runway that gets what you've done to be remembered. And that carries you through until the next time that you're doing outreach or a touch point with them so that you're only doing somewhere between four and eight, usually six and eight in your first couple of years. And that makes it easier to execute on. That doesn't mean you forget about who your referral sources are in between those touch points, right? I always like people to actually have a list of their referral sources, print it out and just put in laminate paper and slap it on their desk or up on their board, right? So they always remember who their referral sources are. But this isn't a time intensive thing we're doing. It is an intentional thing that we are doing for our referral sources. And we have to know who they are and we have to know exactly like what it looks like for them in terms of how they are supporting our business and then make sure we're taking care of them. But this isn't something that you have to feel like you're doing every day. Now, it's way more fun than any other way that I could grow my business. And that's you know something that I think is important for people to understand. This is the way you want to grow your business. But it's also may not be the only way you grow your business. And then I see like when I've even, you know, worked with insurance companies, I've even seen it when they kind of have a strategy in place that's working and they're getting more personal line referrals, then they kind of move their attention to the commercial line. And they're like, okay, now how do I get more of those? And the strategy will shift and change based on who the referral sources are. So it is one of those things that is evolving as you want your business to evolve. And as you want your type of client to evolve, that you have to be paying attention to. So you don't just like set it and forget it, but there is something to be said that you shouldn't have to be doing this stuff daily either. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the questions, you know, as you're talking that I wanted to ask you and around this a little bit is how does an agent know why they are being referred? That's how's and why's in the same sentence. And then how do they figure that out? Yeah, that's such a good question. And it is so very powerful. Actually, we do this four day challenge. I'm inside our free Facebook group, Referrals Without Asking. We do this four-day challenge. It's called How to Think Like a Referral Ninja Master, which for us is the top level of being like the best of the best when it comes to being a referral ninja. At that master level, right, you're, you know what to think, you know what to do, and you're getting results. Like that's what it takes to be at the master level. And what I love about that is on that very first day of that challenge, I'm like giving it away for those that will one day be on the challenge. You'll know what to expect. 
but it is a free challenge. So I mean, anyone can do it, but the, actually the number one thing that we have them do when they come in on that day, one of that challenge is they have to know why they're referred and they're not allowed to assume, which means you typically have got to go ask somebody why they refer you. And it is powerful because people will tell, like, I'll ask, like we're live that day. I'll ask, I'll be like, why do you think you're referred? And I'll hear all the, and it's all about their technical skills. It's all about, they're so good at this and they're so good at that. And they answer these questions and they know more about any, they got more acronyms after their letters, right? It's like alphabet soup after their names. And these are all the reasons why people, and then they will say, and because they know I'll take care of their people. And so there is some of the softer stuff that's in there too, but it's typically focused on the thing that does not differentiate you to your referral source, right? I mean, insurance is insurance. Financial advising is financial advising, right? right? Uh, These are not, this is why they think they're referred, but I should be getting that from anybody I decide to do business with, right? Or that I decide to refer to if that's the reason. And then I was like, okay, we're not going to base this on an assumption. Now go ask. And I just tell them to pick the last person who referred them. Some people have to think back a week. Some people have to think back a year. And they, and then I give them the language of what it looks like to do the asking because we want them to say why they picked you over anybody else. They could pick why you, I don't want the answer to be, oh, because you do a good job. I want it to be about why you, not why you insurance agent, right? But why you and the responses they never see coming. And there, it doesn't matter if I have 10 people on this challenge or 200 people on this challenge, the answers are all the same. And they typically all have the same number one reason that they're referred. So I, I, I'm interested. Okay. So let's say you've got, you know, you're talking to the agency, you know, in your insurance world, do you, do you talk specifically about, I'll get it out here in a second. <laughs> Uh, the agent itself or the agency of why it's referred? Or is it two different questions? So I always do it from the ask why they refer you because your agency isn't actually referred. The agent is. Whether it's the owner who's been getting all the referrals forever or now you have a sales team and you want your sales folks, your producers to be able to receive referrals, You those referrals are coming from a person to a person. Now, it could be that the owner of the agency has built up all these amazing referral source relationships, and there's a transfer that needs to happen to the producer now, right? Whether that's a family member. I mean, I've worked with some companies in that regards where they're trying to transfer their relationships from referral sources from like the father to the son-in-law, right? Or to the mother to the daughter, whatever it is, right? And so there's a way to, to do that, but it's still going to a person. At the end of the day, when I put my reputation on the line and I refer you to this company, it's because I trust a person there, whether or not you get to ultimately talk to that person or to a producer or to somebody else that's on the administrative staff, right? I know you're going to be taken care of because I trust a person at that company. And so it is, we ask the question of why do you, why do you refer me? Now me could be, you are the agency, right? Because you're a solo producer, right? Or it could be, why do you, why do you refer me? And it's, more agency based, but it's still because they trust you. And that's the number one answer. And nobody, and it's always funny to me when people start posting their responses from that day one homework and they're like, because they trust me, because they said they can trust me, because they know I'll do a good job and they trust me. And then I highlight it and everyone's like, oh my gosh. I'm like, and that brings the question out. They refer you because they trust you. They could refer anybody. And more than likely, you're a dime a dozen. You're in a dime a dozen industry, right? I mean, how many insurance agents are there? How many financial advisors, right? It doesn't matter how many attorneys are there. There's so many. And so from that perspective, they refer you because they trust you. And that is personal. And that trust is personal, right? And so it means that it has to be maintained in a personal way while you're building a deeper relationship with that referral source. Here's the thing. A referral is never about you. You have to do your part to keep receiving them. And you are a part of like the cast of characters, right? You are one of the players, but a referral is about your referral source helping someone they know who has a problem and how they're going to solve it is they're going to refer them to you. That's how the referral source gets to be the hero. So they have to trust you, of course, to be able to refer you to the prospect. But your only thing you know in a referral relationship is who the referral source is because you don't control opportunity for them to refer you. You just have to make sure you're always there in a way that works for strengthening and deepening that relationship in a way that is not weird, right? And follows the right cadence so that they continue to trust you. And truth is people always think trust comes because I do a great job. I'm like, yes, and there's a huge and, right? There are some people that I trust that I actually don't know what their strat- what, what their client experience looks like on the back end. 
but I trust them. And so that's why I refer to them, but it's not because I've ever been a client. It's not because I actually know, right. But there's a trust factor there and that's what we have to focus on. And that is only going to come from deeper relationships. And so that's what my strategy is around helping you build the right type of relationships that are not time intensive. So you're not taking people to coffee every other week, right. And allow you to be your authentic self in the process. So you would say, number one, answer to my who and why question or how, whatever, is ask the question. Mm-hmm. Um, and number two, you're telling me from what I'm gathering and writing down is the majority of the answers you get are a trust issue. Uh, or that's what you know. most of the time they say. What if I've got producers listening right now or anybody listening right now that, <laughs> I don't even know how to say this without... Uh, sounding funny, but that aren't necessarily like they give off that trusting vibe or that like <laughs> feel good, warm and fuzzy vibe. Nobody out there wants to say it out loud, but there's people thinking that. So here's the thing. Here's what I have found. If you are a producer or if you have a producer on your team or in any case, anyone in your company or anyone in your life that is like this, there are people who are just takers. Right. And if you take, 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 my process won't work for you. Um, It won't fit you. Actually, to be honest, you'll be repelled by it because of the things I'm going to have you do if you're a taker in nature. Right. And there are people who are just built that way. And they typically have, you know, and whatever, if they're in sales, right, you kind of know who they are and you kind of see them coming. But that's different from a producer who just has a different personality. Right. I mean, I think when people ask me about like my strategy, they're like, well, does it work for you and who you are? And I was like, in the beginning, I totally thought it did. And then my very first two people that I did, that I walked through my process with an attorney and a financial advisor, total introverts, amazing, awesome people, total introverts. And they're like, I'm not, I'm not doing half that stuff you do. And I'm like, you shouldn't have to. I do the things that work for me. You've got to do the things that work for you. You've got to create your own tribe. Maybe the people who are in my tribe referring me aren't going to be the people who are in your tribe referring you. And that's okay, right? That's the thing I love about what I teach. I'm not teaching anyone the next greatest billboard strategy. So I can only teach it to one person in one community or one you know, area. I'm teaching you something that's specific to the relationships you have. So here's the thing I would always say. We typically attract the people who are more like us. Let's just make sure the people that are part of that group in our lives are people who can refer us and are willing to refer us and don't need us to be something different than we are to be able to refer us, or they just won't. But everybody is able to attract the people who will refer them that they can build a relationship with. And if you don't love people, there's a part of this that maybe you need to start and understanding and valuing the people who could make your life easier. I think when you start getting referrals, you're probably like, yeah, I think I can take care of them. I mean, I think I can take care of them in a different way because they just dropped right this great commercial lines client right into my lap. This is amazing. Um, and you can go outside maybe of your comfort zone or your natural way of behaving and be like, I can send a thank you card and I can take care of them in a different way to, to, you know, to let them know how much I appreciate them. I I think it just depends on personality matters, but only into the sense that it dictates what your strategy is going to look like. It's not necessarily going to be the haves and have nots unless you're a taker. And if you're a taker and all you do is take, I really think you're actually dead inside. And so my strategy wouldn't work for you anyway. I think that's great. Man, I love that guitar riff. Uh, But you know what that means? We're at a mid-roll ad. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution to getting the deck pages. You need to quote your prospect. You know, lately, I've been doing some demos with them and introducing them to some of you, my citizens out there. And each time that happens, you guys sign up and you call me weeks later like, oh my gosh, you were not lying. This is unbelievable. Uh, It actually works. I send this to my customers. Within seconds, I get the deck pages. They think it's great. I think it's great. And now you can create customizable links for your referral partner that you can send them that they use. And again, it sends you those deck pages in seconds. You get your business done. Uh, The customer's happy. The referral partner's happy. You're right in business, improving your agency. Oh my gosh, it's unbelievable. Uh, Check it out. Use canopy.com. Come tell them the mayor sent you. Let's get back to the show. I think that's great. Okay, uh, random question. What is network announcement letter? I saw that on your feed not too long ago and I loved it. And, you know, I got your little three minute or three sentence uh, post about it, but I want to hear you talk more about 
a network announcement. Yeah, that was in episode 170. Um, so every 10th episode, typically every 10th episode, I do a Q&A where I take questions I've received and I just answer them on the podcast. It makes it easier than answering them individually, the people who ask the questions. Um, but this was somebody who had emailed me and she was trying to figure out if I had had a training or I had, had talked about it on the podcast where what I would say in a letter that you send out to your network, right? And it talks about what you're doing in referrals. And I was like, absolutely not. That does not exist in my world. One, because I don't think they work. Um, from a referral perspective, I do think there are time and places where like that network letter, that network announcement letter will actually work, right? When you're starting a business, when you're changing directions, when something significant has happened in your business and you just kind of want to communicate that out to folks, that will put you on people's radar for a very small amount of time. Time, right? Probably as soon as it takes it for that letter to hit the trash, um, they'll probably remember it and maybe they can recall it a week or two later. Um, so I think there are times and places where you can do like that broad announcement, right? That's where we get the network announcement letter from that broad announcement to your network about what you're doing. I did a version of this, though it was never a letter. I did a version of this when I started my second business. And I think, you know, it's important to understand kind of how businesses start and what it looks like is different than usually how it looks three, four, five, 10 years later. But the question was specifically to, can I use this network announcement letter and can I get referrals from it? And I was like, no, will you? Maybe. If that's your intention of it, you're probably going to be severely disappointed because nobody refers because you told them, hey, you're now a real estate agent. Great, right? Like you and the 30,000 other humans that I know that live in my neighborhood, right? And so it doesn't work the way people want it to work right. from a referral perspective, right? <laughs> but it can work in other scenarios, right? Sure but not, you know, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, I liked it. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Just send out that letter. Um, I thought that was really interesting. Uh, number two, random question. Um, what is someone, or how does someone find out their referral explosion number? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, how are you with math? Uh, amazing. I'm brilliant. Oh. I got a beautiful mind. I got a beautiful mind. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Well, I always say that because I hate doing public math because <laughs> then I always add and subtract things wrong or multiplication. That's my the actual downfall of me. So here's the thing. You got to be able to do some math and you got to be able to get some data out of your business. So here's what I always tell folks. And this is typically when they come in to work with me, right? So they come into my growth by referrals program. The very first thing they do after they identify who their referral sources are is we have to set a goal of what you want to accomplish because you just made this investment into my program. You're going to do this work. You're going to do it for a year. And I want to know what it looks like at the end for you. Like, how are you measuring success? And so we go through this exercise of identifying what is your referral explosion goal? Like that's the number of referrals you want one year later after following the GBR process, the growth by referrals process. And so from that perspective, it is based though on where you're starting from. It's not like, oh, I get three referrals a year. So get me 3000. Like that is not how this works. And so we a little unrealistic, just a teeny tiny bit. Right? It's also unrealistic to think you can go from three referrals to like 55 in a year too. Like it just all depends on where you're starting from. And sure. so one of the things that we do is we look back in your, and there's a formula that they follow when they're, fill, when they're completing this. Um, and as they're completing this information, it's like, okay, I want, if you've been in business longer than three years, I want three years of data of how many referrals that you have received. So if we were doing this today, since we're not a full year, I wouldn't count your 2021 numbers, but I would count 2020, 2019, and 2018. We'd add the number of referrals that you've received over those three years. And then we divide by three. Of course, that's how we get our average of how many referrals you typically receive in a year. If you have only two years worth of data, we use that. If you have one year worth of data, well, then that's what we use. We just go with what we have to get an average number of referrals received. Then we have to figure out how many referral sources do you actually have? And this is where it kind of gets messy because people will count, like if I were referred, if, if I referred myself to you, you'd be like, oh, that's a referral. I'm like, no, somebody can't refer themselves to you. They're a repeat client or they're in your network and they know you. So like, then we have to shift through all the things that people think are referrals that aren't to get to, okay, how many referral sources do you have? Then we go through a process where we look at who's active and who's inactive. And that's just defined as active has referred you in the last two years, inactive, it's been longer than two years. And so then we look at how many active referral sources you have, your average number of referrals you typically receive in a year. And then we set a goal for how many you want to receive based on the parameters around what's reasonable 
but let's make something happen, right? We don't call it an explosion for nothing. Like, let's make sure that we can get there. Typically, if your number is low, we're doubling it. In some cases, we may be tripling it if it's really low. Um, In some cases, it's just a simple double, or in some cases, we're just increasing it by 50% because there's all these factors that come into place and then come into your orbit that you have to pay attention to that will dictate what your referral number looks like at the end of the year. Now we're basing that goal on, you're going to do what I say, and you're going to build your plan. You're going to take care of your referral sources. You're going to have the right touch points. You're going to use the right language. You're not going to fall off the wagon. You're going to be consistent. You're going to know the language, da, 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 right? And then my expectation is you're going to get to that number. And most of my folks get way past that number because we set reasonable goals. And I kind of know, well, we're setting a reasonable goal. If you follow everything, you should do more than that. And lots of people do, right? But some people are overcoming big deficiencies and gaps in their business. So somebody who's like, I get four referrals a year and I have four referral sources and they're like, and I want 20 as my goal. I'm like, you'll be lucky to get eight. Like you need more. That helps us identify other gaps. If you've got four referral sources that have given you four referrals on average a year, one year you got three, one year you got four, one year you get five, right? That's our average of four. But you've only got four referral sources who actually have the potential to refer you. You can't get eight out of them. You would have already gotten it. So that means, hey, we're going to keep eight as our goal or maybe 10 as your goal if you're really stretching. But you have to then realize the work that has to be done. You've got to get more referrals out of your existing referral sources and you are more than likely going to need new people referring you, which is another training that we teach in the program. And that's important for people to recognize is like, this is the work that has to be done to get to do the fun, fancy explosion number. Even though we've set it based on where you are and we've set a reasonable goal, it's still a stretch for a lot of people. And again, I want you to go past it, but that doesn't mean you will because I can't control whether or not you'll do the work. Sure. At what point, okay, you said something earlier um, that I got listeners that I guarantee you're saying, okay, at what point did they go from a referral to a referral source? Is there a certain number that you've got in there? If my cousin Sally referred me one person, they're not a source to me. They're just, Yay. my cousin gave me a cool refor- referral. But if my cousin Sally refers me three times, is she a source at that point? And do I keep going back to that? Well, tell me when I stop. Talk to my audience for a minute. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. If you have a client that's referred you, they're always going to make it to your referral source list. If you have a center of influence, somebody out there who ha- who knows what you do, doesn't do what you do, and comes across your ideal client with some level of regularity so they can refer you, they're always going to be on your list. We call that- Like a mortgage two- lender or a yes. real estate agent real or, estate CA or whatever. Gotcha. Right. It- that I get. But I'm talking about, you know, cousin Sally yep. or my buddy, Jimmy, or my neighbor down the street or whatever the heck. Yes. When do they become a source and when do they? So this is something I teach called above the line, below the line. So your clients and your centers of influence are above the line in terms of who we build a referral plan for. Below the line are family and friends and then strangers. And they're below the line because until they've actually shown the ability to do more than one or two referrals over the course of the time that you've been in business, it's just a, we're so thankful. We love our family. We love our friends, but they just referred that one cousin that one time because it was in conversation and you were like in their mind for a minute, right? So here's the thing. You can have family and friends who refer you. They're in business. They do something. They come across people to refer you and they actually refer you on a pretty regular basis or have the potential to, right? You're allowed to pull them above the line and mark them as a COI. They're still family. (laughs) They're still a friend, but you're going to treat them like they're a COI because there's potential there, right? There's more opportunity there to refer you. Your mom who refers you that one time because somebody new as a neighbor moved in next to her and probably will never talk about what you do again and maybe doesn't even understand what you do. And that's my world, right? I'm like, I don't even know they know what I do. But the fact that they do it one time and you're like, "Mm, I don't know if they'll ever do it again. They stay below the line. You don't consider them a referral source that you're going to build your referral plan of touch points for. And then the last one is strangers. The truth is the longer you're, you're in business, if you have a good reputation, it'll spread and people will know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who had a great experience with you. And they'll refer because they don't know anybody else in your industry to refer to. So they'll refer to you. And that's a stranger. That is like low hanging fruit. Like, If you have somebody say, hey, so-and-so told me to call you, so I'm calling you, that's word of mouth buzz that's flipped into a referral. They're like, so-and-so told me to call you, so I'm calling you. And you're like, who the heck is so-and-so? You need to make it your mission or someone on your team's mission to find out and then cultivate that stranger into a potential COI so you can pull them above the line and they can keep referring you. Doesn't mean every stranger will ever be able to pull up. 
just like family and friends typically stay below the line. We love it when they do it, right? But you don't have to make them a referral source. I mean, think of it this way. My husband refers me from time to time, right? He's got, you know, he's got a job in his, in his world of business. He comes across people who are like, oh, wait, your wife wrote a book about referrals without asking, like, tell me more. And every once in a while, he'll refer someone to me. I just had a financial advisor start my program two weeks ago that came through my husband. I don't need my, my husband does not need my six to eight touch points in a year to refer. (laughs) I am married to the man. Like, of course he's going to refer me. So there's just some people that don't need to be treated like a referral source. You get to decide though. And that's what I always tell folks. I'm like, you're the business owner, right? You're the producer. It's your group of referral sources. You decide who stays and who goes, but there are some parameters that we like to think within the guardrails when we're bowling. There are some parameters we like to think within that make this easy for you to be consistent in your decisions. Sure. Happy anniversary, by the way. Thank you. Sweet 16 for us. Yeah. Wasn't it like a week ago? It was. Yeah. Just a week ago. Good. Uh, The flowers are already dead. Ah, (laughs) dang it. Not in your marriage though, right? Just Never to- in the marriage. That's right. <laughs> okay. So Kali, I just looked up like crap. We're, we're starting to wrap up, but um, okay. A couple more things. You got, you got some more time, right? Yep. Good. Um, Anything right. for you, Heath. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, excuses. Um, I'm not going to get into the, the definition. Uh, we'll just stop there. But I hear when I'm talking to people about referrals and building referral sources, I get the, I'm too busy with my current clients or with new business or whatever. That's got to drive you crazy. Oh, it does. Oh my gosh. It drives me bonkers because at the end of the day, you never know whatever is feeding your pipeline right now. And that's making you so busy with all your clients is going to turn off. And you never, if you're not paying attention to always have business development happening in the background so that you're doing what you need to do. And I put referrals, prospecting, marketing, they're all things under the umbrella of business development. Like you need to have those things running in the background so that you know that you're getting a consistent steady stream of prospects into the pipeline so you can have more clients that are keeping you busy. And I think that when we say I'm so busy serving my current clients or taking care of my clients or I just don't have time, like you're just being lulled into complacency. And that complacency, it is absolutely going to jump up and bite you in the rear at some point, maybe not next month, maybe not even in six months, but at some point, the fact that you've got your eye off the ball in terms of business development and in my world, taking care of your referral sources will one day mean the referrals that you're receiving stop or slow down. And you could have like kept that from happening just by taking time to take care of your referral sources. And it's easy stuff, right? And it's the more fun stuff too. But this idea of being lulled into complacency because we're so busy, like that to me, and maybe my big issue with this is I have a little PTSD to it because it's like, oh God, that is what led to my first business failing. I had a big, I mean, I started my business with a six-figure contract of a client for two years. And then I looked up two years later and like, oh my God, guess what? I don't have that big client anymore. And I hadn't been doing much to keep the pipeline full, to have the business coming in behind it so that there was always business waiting on me, right? Or that there were always prospects that could be potentially turned into a client so that I had a steady stream of work. We are so guilty. Most of us, all of us, I would say are guilty of like getting the work, putting our head down and then looking up and being like, oh snap, now I've got nothing else. I got to go get more. And that's just what I want people to avoid. And I went through it. I guess I went through it. That's why it's one of the reasons why my business failed. Didn't quite make it to the five-year mark. And I just would like other people to avoid it. But I know what that looks like then. And so when people say, yeah, I'm so busy. I'm like, oh man, I do not want to have a conversation with you one day when you're like, remember back when I was so busy and now I'm just desperate to survive. That happens a lot in the insurance industry. And if you're listening you know, to the show, you've probably had that big account leave you, or you've had that big referral partner change gears or move to a different career or you know, retire, whatever it may be, you got to continue to do that. And one of the things, uh, one of my hot buttons, uh, I hit one of yours, now let's hit one of mine for a minute, and it may be the same. <laughs> It'll be fun. So people, when they talk to me, they talk about all this technology they've got, or they talk about the AMS system or the, uh, the CRM system they've got. They've got all this data at their fingertips and they complain to me that the technology doesn't work or this doesn't happen or that doesn't happen. It, you know, it always goes back to, are you using it properly? Are you doing the right things with it? Are you even trying to use it or you just buy the shiny new object and just sit it on your desk and not do anything with it? In that information that we've got, it's all there. It's information, it's data, it's stuff right there at your fingertips. You're not talking to this off air so I actually kind of know it is a hot button with you, but 
it bugs me that people want to talk about this technology they've got. They want to talk about this, but they don't use it properly. Goes to the same thing with referrals. You've got all this data right there at your fingertips. Get them, girl. You know, it's so interesting. And I was actually, we were talking about this before. I was speaking at a NAFA conference, um, statewide conference just a couple of weeks ago. And it was one of the things that we definitely started talking about was regarding like, where do you track this information? You know, and I always ask when I can, like, okay, show of hands, like, are you tracking this information in a CRM? But are you tracking that that client or that prospect came to you by a referral? But are you then tracking the name of the referral source that goes along with that client or prospect that they referred to you? And, you know, some people are like, my, my favorite is the people who are like, yes, no, or I don't know. I'm like, how do you not know? But of course I know how people don't know because we're not always using the technology that's at our fingertips. And I'm like, can you run a report? Can your CRM that you are paying, I'm sure a ton for, can it run yeah. a report for you? Right. Or they don't have the, the processes down to say, when you get a new client, you put in your agency management system or your CRM referral source, Stacey Brown Randall of, you know, the referral ninja, whatever, maybe, you know, you've got to figure out and put that in there as a, every time this is what you do. Sorry, go ahead. You know what it is? No, it's no, it's totally fine. The reality of it is, it is the, we still believe that we are different and don't have to do the work on the front end to have it easier on the back end. Somehow it's still going to be easy on the back end. I think people believe this. They still believe the data will be there at their fingertips. and It'll be easy to get to on the back end, even if they don't do the work on the front end. When we know that goes against everything about how everything works in life, you got to put in the work up front to make it easy on the back end. And it's the same thing. Like I am huge about tracking. Like I always tell folks when they're in my program, I'm like, listen, if you're not tracking the referrals received, you can't tell me it didn't work. You can't also tell me it did work. And both of those are bad. And I don't want to be in a place for you not to be able to share. But so you got to track, you've got to take the time to track. And if that means you have to create a process where you remove yourself from the tracking and there's somebody else in your office who's responsible for inputting the prospect and the referral source's name, so be it. Just get it done because you won't, when, when people go through recreating this data because they haven't tracked it versus having a CRM that has it when they start working with me, there is a huge difference in how fast we can move in that very first session if they're a VIP because they're like, oh my God, I got to recreate this versus I pushed a button and my CRM gave it to me. I want everyone to be in the latter group. Yeah, I would agree completely. Uh, and that's where I met with you too. So when we were talking off air, I was like, oh, I can get on that too, because it does irritate me. Because again, that's a big buzzword in our industry right now is data. Uh, if people want to use that data, we want to talk about the data. But a lot of times people want to put in the work to have the data. They don't you know, want to be consistent. Yeah, we. I used to work for a research firm. And one of the things they used to always say, the partners would always say is garbage in, garbage out. That is how yeah. data works. You don't put the right stuff in or you put garbage in because you're in a hurry and don't want to take the time to do it right. Whatever results it shoots out for you, the same amount of garbage. Right. Or, you know, uh, you you have, you know, excuse my language, if you half ass it, you're going to get that same thing too. If you just put in, you know, realtor or you put in, you know, uh, mortgage person or whatever, uh, or you put their initials in, you don't know who that initial, you go back through and you're like, who the heck is SBR? You know, you got to take that time to put Stacy Brown Randall uh, or Heath Sharon. You know, I see that when I was running reports at agency I worked at, you know, I'd get this, I'd, I'd get all the referral sources sometimes where I'd pull up whatever it was and it was initials or it was realtor, um, lender. I'm like, which lender? Right. It's so true. I mean, it doesn't take that that long to put in the name. But some people just believe that it does. It's so frustrating. It's like, you know, it's funny. You said half-assing it. And I was like, oh, wait, are we talking to my children now? Like that was right. That was where I kind of went when you said that. Um, I'm sure as a parent, I'm not supposed to say that to my children, but you know, there's nothing perfect about me. So, but the truth is, is that when we do that in our business, it doesn't bite you in the rear in the moment. It's later. And it's going to bite and bite hard because you don't have what you need. And if you're serious about doing it, now you got to go back and recreate what you should have just been doing all along. And you would think learning that lesson once would be good enough. It isn't for everybody, but it is for some. Yeah, and you can delegate that out to somebody else too. If you don't have the time to do it or you're so busy, get you somebody to do it on your staff to say, okay, I want you to go through. I want you to introduce in, do this, whatever, update the, the information, whatever it may be. It can be done. You know, nobody's too busy to do it. Um, well, and you say too busy and it takes me back to my productivity coaching days. I'm like, anybody who says they're too busy is a liar. Yes. That's just, just a wasted. buzzword to sound cool. 
Yes. And you're just wasting time. Like if you're so busy, you can't do the things that actually matter to your business. You are just, you don't have your priorities straight and you're wasting time. I don't mean you're going to have a perfection day every day where you're like working on your priorities and you're getting everything done. But when people are constantly, I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. I'm like, well, then you're saying yes to things you should be saying no to. Right. And you're wasting time because you take time to get on Facebook throughout the day or whatever it is. I was like, you're usually lying. Because you're busy with things that don't actually matter. Yeah. I mean, a couple, I mean, hell, it took you and I, well, like a month to finally get this podcast <laughs> recorded, but we're not too busy. We're sitting here right now. We're getting it done. Um, and my biggest thing, if you're listening and you can relate to this, you know, uh, comment on this later, but TikTok's my biggest thing. Like I, I can say I'm busy, but I probably waste a good hour of my day on TikTok. Uh, no, come on, I, just an hour. Okay. Maybe a little more, <laughs> but I stinking love it. I, I was sitting there eating breakfast this morning and literally 45 minutes later, I'm like, why am I still watching TikTok? Like I'm still thumbing through and, and I'm fascinated. I, I love it. Um, and the ADHD in me, it just, so if I'm too busy, but yet I'm still spending time watching my TikTok videos, something wrong. But that, again, that's what I say. People are lying. That's what I mean. Like yeah, we waste I time. We I waste totally time. know what you mean. Um, yep. Which is why, again, it took us a little while to get together, but we did it. You were going to be episode 75, but here you are 83. But whatever. That's what happens when you get double booked. Right? It's all good. I'm sorry. Uh, it, hey, it's all, you were bragging earlier, number 170. Hey, look at you bragging. <laughs> Listen, when you get there, you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to brag too. It is a labor of love and a crap ton of work to produce an episode of a podcast. A Every week, just one, one a week. You've been doing it for a long time then. Yes, that's what I mean. I'm allowed to brag. I've been doing this since yeah. 2018. Dude, keep bragging. And I'm, I'm still doing it. And I haven't missed a week yet. And Me, there's not yeah. like anything else in life I can say that I've been that consistent on. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, so we got to wrap up. Um, so uh, let's let's talk about uh, some of the things. I want to give you some time to plug. Um, so let, let's, let's let you get some plug. And you got a lot of things you could probably plug. So start with... Um, your original book and the book that's coming down the road someday. Um, someday. But, <laughs> the someday book. But talk about the, the book. Talk about the class. Talk about any free courses you got. Let's reel them in and let's make let's make Insurance Town a referral source for you. Woo, that'd be awesome. Boom. <laughs> okay, so the book, the first book, the only book that is uh, is published as of right now is, uh, <laughs> I love that you're like clapping and laughing at me. Thank you. Um, it is Generating Business Referrals Without Asking. It's available wherever books are sold. It is a great first step for people who are like, all right, I like this conversation that Stacey and Heath just had. Let me go a little bit deeper. Let me find out more about this. It's got like the basic to the five steps laid out in addition to the philosophy and all the things that you need to know. So the book is a great place to start. Obviously, if you're ready for the next level, then we have our program growth by referrals. We have an online self-study version of that program. We also have the work with me, a VIP level. It's one-on-one for a year. Um, so there's two options of how you can take it to the next level and like learn all the things that we were talking about, about what it looks like to get more referrals in your business. Um, and then, you know, I would say the book is a great place to start. The program growth by referrals com. It's a great place to check it out if you're interested in more. But really, my website, it has a ton of information for you. There are the podcast episodes on there. You can start listening to the podcast, Roadmap to Grow Your Business. We've got articles on there. When we um, have trainings like on-demand trainings or live trainings, we have a training page that things are posted to. So the home base is a great place. Just bookmark it, stacybrownrandall.com. And Stacy has an E. Okay, so I'm going to buy five of them when we get off here. And then the first five people that reach out to me after this episode, you're going to get a copy of her book. Um, Sweet. I, I have, you know, I've read it. I enjoyed it. Um, I get your emails. Uh, and it's so cool because I actually, and I know it's just a template thing, but I think you're actually typing it to me every time it says, Hey, Heath, how are you? I'm like, hey, I got a personal email. But then it's not. But it's awesome that I get these emails. Um, but I, will, I will tell you, I do write each one. And I am thinking about the people that I know will be receiving it. So maybe that's why it feels personalized. Because technically, it does. I, right? I do, it's I do coming from it. me. And I'm thinking about you and the other thousands and thousands of people on the list. But I'm sure, still thinking but, about you guys you when know, I write it. It is great because it doesn't differentiate from your actual emails that you send me personally to me to say, hey, Heath, I'm ready to record whenever you finally are. But right. um, so, yeah, it's just great. So, yeah, I'm going to when we get done here, um, 
I'm going to buy five of them. So people that want to reach out and get it, I want them to have it. And, um, and all versions are available too. So the person who's like, wait, I don't read books. I listen to them. We've got, it's on audible. It's an ebook. It's printed. Just let me know how you want it. And then I'll buy it that way. Uh, we'll figure it out. Um, maybe you can save the mayor some money. (laughs) Budget cuts at insurance town. Uh, just kidding. Um, so tell them, can they find you, you know, um, on social or email? How would you rather people contact you if they wanted to? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can private message me, direct message me, whatever on social media. Um, I'm typically found by my full name, Stacy Brown Randall. So whether it's my Facebook, I got a Facebook business page. We got a Facebook group referrals without asking. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I do Twitter not very well. Um, and I don't do TikTok. So please do not go looking for me on TikTok. So that will not be there. Change that. No, no, because then I'll waste hours like you are watching people dance funny dances that has nothing to do with business. And I've got three kids. I'm trying to keep them off TikTok. You know, like I don't need it in my life too. I hear you. But the reality is you can find me with Stacey Brown Randall on most social media platforms and just send me a message. That's usually the easiest way than you trying to remember what my email address is. No, you're right. There you go. Yeah. I don't let my kids do TikTok, but yet I'm the biggest addict. I feel like such a hypocrite on that. Um, <laughs> it's bad, but okay. So they know how to find you. They know this. They know. Oh, how do they sign up for your emails? Can they do that? They're just special people. Just special people. Okay. And everybody's special. Yes. Okay. So how could, <laughs> How can my listener get on your awesome email list? I love you. You're the best. So, you know, here's the thing. Anytime anyone downloads anything from me, that puts them on my list. So I don't want people to feel like I'm just going to sign up for this list and we'll see what happens. I want you to get something, right? For If you're going to share your email address with me, I want you to get value from the very first get-go. So whether you take our referral ninja quiz or you sign up for one of our challenges, right? Or you decide to download some of the... Um, you know, uh, the content upgrades that we have that allow you to get access to more content, like the worksheets and things like that, that are in our episodes or in our um, articles and stuff. I want you to get something of value first. So if you go to my website and you're like, okay, stacybrownrandall.com, and then you put in forward slash layers, that'll give you the opportunity to get on my um, email list, but it'll also then give you the six layers you need to have a fully functioning referral strategy. So here's the thing to get on my list. It's not just like there's a box to sign up on my website. It's the, you're going to, it's because you're requesting something, you want something, and that's going to add you to our list. And ladies and gentlemen, that's how it's done. When people reach out to me and say they want to get active on social or they want to do that, it's not about posting. And I'm going to take a sidebar, take your drink. Uh, it's not about posting buy insurance from me or have you shopped your insurance lately or we're giving away free quotes today. No, it's about giving away free content. It's about, you know, helping your people out. It's about putting out value every day. Then you don't have to ask. And that's what Stacy's all about. That's how it's done. Thank you so much. Thank you for showing us how it's done. Thank you for talking about it. Thank you for being on here a second time. I'm ready for that second book someday. Um, I, I, you've left me hanging for so long after the first one. Get it You're done. just being mean. Oh, I love you. I'm just teasing. <laughs> so, come back again when you get that one done uh, <laughs> or before then. It may never happen. <laughs> it may never happen. We don't know. We don't know, but it's up there. I know it is. I know yes. it is. Um, thank you. It means a lot to me that you came back again early on and now you know, that we've got a little bit of a town going here. Maybe you'll come back and we'll be insurance city. Who knows? Um, or the world. Yes. But thank yes. you so much. Thank best. you for having me. I uh, totally appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us today in insurance town. We had such a good time. Didn't we? Stacy Brown Randall is such a, uh, a fun conversation, uh, a good friend. And I, and I love to have her on the show this week. Uh, make sure you take advantage of my offer. And if you miss it, give me a shout. I'm a nice guy. I'll probably do it for you anyway. Once we reach the five um, or 10 or whatever, um, make sure you you uh, check out the website. Uh, go to insurancetownpodcast.com. Subscribe to our newsletter. Go to wherever you listen right now and subscribe. I don't want you to miss any episodes. Guys, uh, the first week of October, I'm going to ITC and I cannot wait to be there. You're going to hear some episodes come out after that. Uh, they're going to be with some of these premier tech vendors. You're going to hear from some of the speakers. I'm going to put together some pretty killer episodes and I cannot wait. I'm so proud to be partnered with ITC. Um, if you want to learn more about it, uh, go check their website out. 
I'm going to put a link down below here. Don't forget about it. Don't miss out. It's going to be a phenomenal time. And uh, check out the episodes I have with Caribou Honig and Jay Weintraub. You heard hear more. So proud to be partnering up with them. Guys, if you've got an idea for your own show, reach out to my man, Ryan, over at GetReadySetPodcast.com and uh, tell him that I sent you. He can do all the recording, do the editing. He can do the promos for you. He can do all kinds of things for you. This dude is phenomenal. I, I love working with him. He makes me look good every single week. That's GetReadySetPodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast. Turning your brilliant idea into a reality. Thanks again, guys. Look forward to hanging out with you again next week.